and welcome to Celtic Down Under. This is a Spotlight Series episode on the Carlisle Boys CSC. I'm joined by Dennis and Evan. How are you going, boys? How are you doing, guys? You alright? How are you? Yeah, good. So, um, yeah, we've got a, a bit of a chat off air, but looking forward to uh, learning more about your CSC, how it's grown over the years, and just any other stories that you want to share with us. So, do you want to start off with telling us a bit about the CSC, when it was founded and by who? Uh, it was, I'm Dennis, and obviously got my son Evan here. The, the original CSC was started around 2003 by myself and a lad called Darren Patterson in Carlisle. Uh, and it was started in a pub over too much alcohol and a boredom of going by train to go, to go to games and not able to get tickets. And that's pretty much how it ended and how it began. Uh Mostly over alcohol, vast quantities of alcohol at the time, and a crazy idea. That's where everyone's uh, best thinking happens usually. So that's a, that's a good start. <laughs> and, we, uh, we can blame Miller. We can blame Miller, Budweiser, and, and Carling for the problems we have with Carlisle boys. <laughs> Sponsored by, brought to you by beverages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Um, so how whereabouts is made up for games? Is it a pub or is it buses? We used or? to, yeah, we used to have what was called the Griffin and Carlisle. The problem with the Griffin and Carlisle was actually a Rangers bar. We just took over it, and <laughs> we literally the guy that owned the bar, Paul, rest his soul, he allowed us to come in early to set the, set it up for games and stuff. So the Rangers fans didn't like it. They would come to their own pub and there'd be Celtic flags everywhere. After that fell apart, we ended up going to Gallagher's Bar, which is the bottom of Botchergate in Carlisle. And he's a he's a an Irish boy, and he puts all the Celtic games on, and he has sort of flags and banners up. So usually we'll kind of meet there and get everything sorted if we're going to watch games, or we have walkabout as well. Yeah, that's good. So how regularly are the games shown? We tend not to miss any. Ah, that's what we like. And with where you're located, do you have is it? Through like BT Sports or is it like the regular TV, pay TV subscriptions, <laughs> or is it through Celtic TV or is it through um, illegal stream CSC as we call it down here? Yeah, illegal stream CSC. <laughs> we bought it. <laughs> we always put it back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You leave it where it was, where you found the stream, so someone else can watch it. That's what we like. Yeah, all free, all good. All right. So with the uh, CSC, you've got a lot of uh, followers. In there at all? How's it? Yeah, you do years? actually. We're, we're quite lucky because of because of our the sort of geolocation where we are, we're right in the border between Scotland and England, and obviously we'll be because mostly because I travel quite a lot, I make a lot of friends. So obviously you connect up with all these other supporters clubs, uh, the likes of Blackpool, we Mick, uh, the Colburn Celts, with Big Sean, and obviously the Hoops Band in Glasgow, and obviously staying close with them helps with tickets plus. It helps we can, if we haven't got a lot of people going that week and we can jump on somebody else's bus. So we tend to follow all the other CSCs, plus it helps each other out for tickets because sometimes I can get more tickets than them. I'm, they call me Mr. Tickets sometimes because for some reason I always seem to acquire tickets. I don't know how to do it, but I seem to be quite lucky with that. And we've also got season ticket holders and new members coming sort of regular now. So we tend to jump on other folks' buses to take. It saves us a lot of money and it saves them money because we don't affiliate, we don't charge anyone to join our club. We don't care what colour creed. Anybody can come, Man United fans, Liverpool fans, you know, it doesn't matter if they want to come to the game, we try to embrace that. So if you're from Carlisle or the surrounding areas, you want to go to a game, give us a shout and then you just come along. 
Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask about like memberships and what's the process to become a member at the CSC. Just be a Celtic fan. That's all you need to enjoy football. I mean, just enjoy Celtic, you know, and enjoy a day out because that's the whole purpose of it. You know, we have we have like my son, he's only fourteen. We have other younger members. My friend Daz, his young boy, you know, he comes along, and the idea is that you know it's just to be a family friendly atmosphere because that's what Celtic promotes. It's that type of club. You know, a club open to all, so we are, we follow that principle, and that means whether we're at home or away, the same principles are there. So if we're travelling away and you're coming with us, you want to come along, that's fine, but there are rules. There's certain behaviour that's not acceptable. <clears throat> uh, so basically, off the back of that, you've got out-of-town members, so you've got people from, say, Newcastle coming across and they want to watch a game with you guys, or people coming up from London or across from say Dublin or something like that, they're more than welcome to come watch as long as they've got the green and white hoops on. Absolutely. They're absolutely all welcome. And we do have people come across from Newcastle now and again. In fact, sometimes we'll take... Obviously, if some of the other CSEs know their message and say, look, we've got a lad in Manchester coming up. Can you pick him up or can you take him? We'll do that. It's not a problem. We help each other out. And it works both ways. Sometimes they'll pick us up or we'll go across to theirs. You know, if we have, you know, sometimes a day out is a good idea. But yeah, any member from anywhere in the UK is always welcome. If they're in the town, they can always give me a shout and I always try to make them feel welcome and show them where they can watch the game. And if they want to go, you know, if they've never been to Celtic Park and they actually want to go, we can arrange to get tickets and take them to the games as well. We have a friend in Canada, uh, Patricia Freeman. She's a, wee, a cracking me last year. She's coming over from Canada and we hook up to try and get our tickets. That's good for myself to know as well. For when I come over eventually, now I know where to go. I see Mr. Tickets at the Carlisle. Uh, Mr. Tickets. <laughs> if you if put it this way, if you can't get me, there's always Joyce that runs Dicey Riley's or there's yeah. Big Shawmy at the Hoops Bar because they're the mental ones. You don't want to go there because that's not a place you want to go if you've never been in a Celtic supporters bus. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Joycey Joycey's a whole different ma. <laughs> I've, so, I've, so, so I've heard I'm trying to get him on for one of these in the in the future I've got people trying to hook that up so yeah if that yeah, happens you absolutely have to have to because Joycey's an absolute legend I mean absolute legend he's, he's a wee short ass but as, as guys go he's, he's the way he runs it is brilliant you know it's hilarious there's I'm sure he could. <laughs> I, I'm sure he could tell you a few trips. And the boys at the Hoops Bar, we have been going with them for a couple of years now. And yeah, that's yeah, that's Danny O'Neill. He runs that. Danny and uh, Gordy. I can always get in touch with Gordy, see if he's willing to do it. But he'd, he's, he'd love it. He's, he's, uh, he's mental and all. The Hoops Bus is absolutely the best bus in the world. It's hilarious. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you have any uh, good stories from your bus trips? That can be that can be put on the yeah, podcast yeah, without the incriminating. The hoops bar busty underlet. <laughs> Watch our trip that one. They were supposed to pick us up. My my friend, one of our members, Anton, my friend Anton. So they were supposed to pick us up in Carlisle at say midnight. So Marcus phones. He used to run it. Marcus. He phones and says, Yeah, yeah, we're in with the hoops bar. I says, it's 10 o'clock at night. He says, oh, yeah, we're just having a couple more, but we're down to get you. Half past one in the morning before they picked us up, and the whole bus was absolutely wrecked. And I, I don't drink here, so <laughs> I'm sat in a bus going all the way to Belgium with a bunch of guys that are absolutely steaming. And the young boy, Keenan, I, I swear, Keenan, I don't think I ever saw him in the entire trip without something in his hand. He was drinking something all the way there and all the way back. I swear he gives the Aussies a run for his money. I've never seen a guy pack away so much beer. And then we get to we get to, we get to London to Dover, and suddenly this guy just gets up. He just literally gets up and walks off the bus and says, like, "I can't be bothered with this," and disappears. <laughs> Nobody knows where he went. He's just off he went. And Marcus is chasing him, thinking, "What's the crack here?" Like, 
So like, we get through that, we get down to border control, and another guy just gets up and decides he can't be bothered, he can't hack it anymore, he's going home. <laughs> this is before we even cross into France. <laughs> so then we get to Belgium, and Marcus is telling us about our hotel, and we're all excited, and we get to this hotel in Belgium, and it turns out to be train carriages. And I mean, actual, the, the rooms were actual train carriages with four, four little bunk beds in it, and you couldn't swing a cat in there. And I was in this room with this guy, and he was big. Johnny was huge. Yeah, well, the guys I went were big boys, and you know, staying staying for two nights with guys that are drinking a lot of alcohol, and eating dodgy food in a small contained space. It's not my idea of fun, but oh my god, I'll never forget that trip. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it sounds like a uh, very eventful one. Oh, <laughs> the lad Anton, it was his first ever Champions League game, my first ever time away in Europe, uh, and he never made it. We found him asleep outside the building. <laughs> He just didn't make it. <laughs> no. First of trip away and he didn't make it. At least he had a shot at it though. He had plenty of shots. <laughs> it was the shots that were the problem. Plus, yeah, I think he fancied his chances with this young girl, so but it didn't work out for him that way. Oh, there you go. Unfortunate youth. Some people, they'll learn. Yeah, I know. And obviously we won 3-0, so it was an outstanding night. And we always sing that song, This Is The Day That We Went Away. That was a great night. We were singing it constantly. And because right after the game, they were asking us to leave and we were still singing, This Is The Day That We Went Away. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. All right. So with the CSC, you got um, any raffles, promotions, fundraisers that the CSC does every year? No, not really. No, well, you know, like I say, we're not really affiliated. We're just us. We're just an independent little CSC. So we, if we raise any money, it, it'll be maybe through sale of shops or something. It's usually for a local community because obviously where Kaleo is, it's had floods and all sorts. So we have raised money for floods and stuff like that. We've been flooded five times. Uh, quite serious. So any kind of money we can raise, it'll either go towards them or it'll go towards our local cancer hospital. But we don't really, we're not big enough to kind of raise a lot of money and high profile enough to get big members down, for big players and that to come to our, our meetings. Yeah, Unless you just want to get drunk. I was going to ask, did you have any charities that you'd support or look after? But yeah, you've just covered that off with the local cancer thing and that's, that's always good to hear. So, have you had any former players or any famous fans attend the CSC at all over the years? Not really attend, but we've we've had we've had we had uh, obviously it was it was DV Chalmers came down years ago to Kaleo to when we had it in Maggie Mary's with an eventful night we were raising money for the justice for the '96. And Stevie Chalmers came down, and it was just by chance, to be honest. He wasn't actually asked to come. He just heard that there was something going on in Maggie Mary's with Celtic, and he popped in, and that hand turned out to be a brilliant night because he ended up giving away loads of freebies and stuff. So that was really cool. That's great. Uh, what have we got? And obviously, I've played as I played. I played for Celtic in a, in a sort of charity match, so yeah. I've met a few outstanding people. I'm jealous, mate. We're all the way over here. It's very limited with what we get over it. We had like an event coming up in, supposed to be in June because this coronavirus thing it has been put off called the Huddle Down Under. We have every two years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, it's where we normally see our guys over here in Melbourne because that's where we're hosting it this, this time around. So that's where we'd normally see like ex-players or that sort of thing. Like we had Scott McDonald earlier in the season come out to a Skippy. game. Yeah. We had him come to... One of the games, the first game against Rangers at Ibrox. So, um, yeah, that was always good. But, yeah, we get it's a bit tougher over here. So I always like asking yeah. that question for you guys who are a bit closer to the coalface. 
Yeah, I met I met Skippy. I've met him a few times. I like that guy. You know, I played football alongside him when he played for the football greats. It was yeah, it was outstanding with Bobby Petter and all that. It was amazing. Yeah, and I met in Australia, a couple of Australian lads over in Vegas as well a couple of years ago at the Celtic Convention. It was amazing. We had a big kangaroo jumping all over the place and then eventually the kangaroo couldn't hack it and was asleep at the bar. Ah, it'd have been the Sydney and the Perth boys probably. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're skippy kangaroo, yeah. They, I think they applied it, with, it was inflatable, but I don't know what they were inflating it with because it looked like it had a rough night when I saw it in the morning. It was just laid at the bottom of the bar, cigarettes stuck to it, you know. It definitely had a rough night. <laughs> hey, a night out in Vegas, what do you expect? Ah, well, I, I think that inflatable kangaroo, I think it had more than one night. <laughs> I don't know what it was taking, but by God, it got passed around. It was in the pool party and everything later on. All right, so I've got a question for you. How is the CSC received in your local community? Does the, does we're surrounded the, by... Yeah. We're, we're, we're not... We're, we're, we're surrounded by by the other half. We're, we're not really... We're not popular. <laughs> we took over the pub, remember? Yeah, that's why <laughs> I asked the question. Just for that. Um, and do you have many local-born members, or is it predominantly like people from Scotland or... Down Scottish background and Irish background, or is there local Carlisle-born people in the? There's local Carlisle boys. Jamie, Jamie and his his future future wife Chelsea. You know they are great members, and his sister Chelsea. Two Chelseas we call them. And Jamie, they're all Carlisle born and bred. Uh, Celtic to the core, absolutely love them. Their dad and dad introduced it to it, and again their dad's not from Glasgow, just a normal Carlisle guy who races. You like Celtic, races child to like it, and we've embraced them. They're a great couple, great, great. Jamie's outstanding. I, I love Jamie. I took him to Copenhagen for his first European trip away, and I took him to his first ever away game, which was at Dundee. So he's he's probably my best mate. And then there's Daz, who's lived in Carlisle his whole life. Uh, he's got his son's got Lee Griffiths' shirt because Lee Griffiths' mum Gloria gave me a shirt and a pair of signed boots. And yeah, Daz's wee boy's a good lad, and I, I thought I'll give it to him because I don't need it. So, yeah, we've got quite a few, mostly Carlisle. Anton, Anton's a Carlisle boy. His brother's a Carlisle United fan, so he's not welcome on the bus. <laughs> we taunt him. <laughs> okay, with the story... And obviously, Evan, this wee madman here, he's been to more away games than anyone in Carlisle, and he's only 14. <laughs> I was going to ask uh, Evan if he's got any stories that he, of any games, most memorable matches he's been to. Uh, yeah, the last uh, European away trip we went to Cluj, and uh, right at the end of it, there was uh, two fans, and they 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 waited after the game, and went, once all the uh, Cluj fans went, we were all standing there singing songs, and they were about to go, and we booed, and they all came back, and they were just dancing and singing. It was, it was great. No, it was that. There was a, basically as we were leaving the Cluj stadium, there was two little mad Cluj fans. Singing, singing to us. We all started singing back to him. And then the two guys obviously thought it's time to leave the stadium. And as they walked away, these two Cluj fans, we all started booing them, going, boo! So they come back, we were like, yes! Well, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we had this boy singing away. <laughs> How about yourself, Dennis? What's the most memorable match you've ever been to live? I I, I would have to say, and, and I know I'll probably got people expect to be in Seville, but it wasn't. It was AC Milan when Kaká scored. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. The whole trip was amazing from start to finish. And we witnessed an outstanding player, scored a fantastic goal. And we could have, we still had a chance to go through it. But what was outstanding for me was, I remember when the full-time whistle went and we were walking around the turrets 
and the way fans were applauding us, and then you come down the turrets out of the San Siro, and there's you know the stewards, there was doctors, there were police applauding us, and I've I've been doing this since '98. I've travelled all over, and I have never experienced that in my life where. I'm walking out of a stadium and medics, police, stewards are all applauding the fans. And I'm sure there's many other Celtic fans will talk about that. But that will always go down as memorable. And obviously Seville, from what I remember of it, you know, it was Seville was, because I went to every game all the way through, right up to the, to the final. Was Seville was important because I had two tickets. And when I got to Seville, we were all in this square and they were all drinking and partying. This guy had come up with his son and he was, somebody told him I had a spare ticket. And somebody for trying to charge ridiculous prices for these tickets. And I said, no, I've, I've got one spare. But he had one ticket. So I said, tell you what, give me your ticket and I'll give you these two. And you two can sit together because I don't mind where I sit. And he, and he was like, yeah, yeah, and charge him whatever it was, 30, 40 euros, whatever. He was over the moon because somebody was going to charge him 2,000 euros and all that, which is just ridiculous. Celtic fans do not charge any more than face value for a ticket. It's a set rule and it should stay that way. You never charge more than what the face value is. So he got his got to his game. It was a memorable night, a bit heartbreaking. But years later, I was outside Hamden trying to get a ticket. I couldn't get a ticket to a final against Rangers and I was shouting and I had my hand up trying to get a ticket and this guy came up. And he was like, going, you're after a ticket, pal? I said, aye, aye, I'm desperate to get one. He said, do you not remember me? And I was like, no, he says, and his son had grown. He saw me big boy, he said, you got my son a ticket? And he said, well, and he got me a ticket for the cup final. He didn't even charge me either. And I had a, you know, it, it just shows you how things work itself around. So that, and obviously AC Milan will always be memorable. And obviously taking Evan to Cluj for his first ever European trip away was special for me, you know, and it was definitely memorable. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Yeah, so um, within the CSC, what would be the most memorable match that you've hosted at a pub or that the buses have gone to, other than your Anderlecht trip you've already told us about? The best one in the pub? Oh, it's got to be Kilmarnock. It's got to be away Kilmarnock in 2000, 2008. We had the whole pub deck when we won the league and Nakamura scored that last-minute free kick. It was 2008, something like that. That was the almost unbelievable time in that pub. The whole pub was decked in green and white. There was flags everywhere. There was Celtic fans just coming from off the trains because the pub was right next to the train station and the trains were having a problem. So there was loads of Celtic fans that were wanting to watch the game. They come up and they all come upstairs and it was mobbed and it went right to the last minute when Nakamura scored. And the place went mental and Paul, the owner, was just giving out free alcohol and free champagne. And it was just that, that is the most memorable day ever. I will never forget that. Everyone's just partying until God knows what time. I can remember us all walking down the street singing and chanting after that game and the pub was decked out in green and white and we took over their pub, so the Rangers were gutted. Uh, best away in the bus, probably, I'd probably say going up to the Hearts game in the semi-final of the Betfred Cup at, at Murrayfield, that was outstanding. It was great. There was myself, Evan... Uh, Jamie Chelsea Dave McKenzie and all that it was a great trip you know it was, we all had tickets for a change I didn't have to chase tickets everybody had tickets and we hooked up with the lads with the hoops bar and all and it was just it was a fantastic trip it was a great sunny day uh, Evan Evan certainly enjoyed himself didn't you you yeah. had a great time yeah. you and your uncle Keenan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> behaving like monsters <laughs> I got me in trouble singing singing certain songs at the football well, people are videoing it on YouTube and of course his mum sees it. <laughs> what are you teaching him? <laughs> I said, it's not me, it's Keenan. <laughs> so that was an outstanding trip. It was just the way everyone come together and we didn't need tickets for once. I didn't have to go running around trying to find tickets. Everything just fell into place and it was a glorious result, glorious day and we're on our way for a treble. That's what we like. So um, 
do you have any stories within the CSC that you want to share with us that nothing specific, just any funny moment that's happened over the years or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Celtic Rangers game in the Griffin. Again, we were upstairs and the Rangers fans were downstairs and they beat us, you know, and we were still singing, 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 singing. And the guys, the Rangers fans were complaining that we were singing to the manager of the Griffin. So Paul Coates said, listen, guys, the downstairs are all complaining. And we thought this was hilarious. So we're like, we just carried on and on and on. And the guy who runs like the Rangers supporters bit in Kalel, he sort of came up. And he was like having a moan. It was, oh, you know, you are all singing that. And I said, we use one. You know, how come you can't sing and all that? So they went back down and it turned out there was no beer downstairs. They'd run out of beer because we'd drunk it all. <laughs> <laughs> so they got nothing. <laughs> he was there. Paul, Paul, could you get any beer down to them cooking up? It was all upstairs. We were drinking all night. As soon as the Irish boys that had come over heard that, they were just going to the bar and ordering more, ordering all the bottles of Magnus, anything at all, just so they wouldn't get any downstairs. And yet they had won. They'd beat us and we were the ones partying upstairs. <laughs> we didn't care. <laughs> Uh, that's a fair effort. Love it. All right. So what we'll do to uh, get Evan a bit of a, a shot here, who would your top five all-time Celtic players that you've seen, whether it's live or on TV in your lifetime, be Evan? Um, Put you on the spot. There you go. <laughs> Definitely Scott Brown, number one. He's the captain. Brune, Brune, Brune. He's just the, he's he's got a brilliant character. He's he's a funny player and he he winds everybody up to the max. Um. When 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 I was watching the hi- some of the highlights from from different games that obviously I wasn't alive to see. Um, Nakamura would be one, definitely. He's he's a brilliant player. He moves brilliantly. He and he's just got brilliant footwork. Don't mind from Japan. <laughs> um, um, How about you let? Um, if you want more thinking time, we'll get you. We'll get Dennis to jump um, in with his top five if you want, and then you come back for your last three if you want. Uh, yeah, I, I think Edward would be great as well. He, he he's another one. He's a He's also got brilliant footwork. He can he can move in and out of players easily. Um, ten men won the league at Ibrox Park. Ten men won the league. Ten men we up. <laughs> I was at that game. <laughs> Do me your job? Do me your help? Yeah, you, how about man? you, Dennis? Jump hey, in with your top five. Top then. five I've seen. Uh, so, and for me, obviously, still in Petrov, without a shadow of doubt, I love the guy. Outstanding player. Quiet, got about his business, done a great job in that midfield. Was outstanding and always popped up with fantastic goals, you know. And obviously, to go through what he went through and still come back stronger, man, man man's an absolute hero. Uh, number four, yeah, I suppose I'll probably get a bit of stick for this, but I'm, I know I'm going to get some stick for this. I'm going to say Lee Naylor, and, and anyone's going to say why, why Lee Naylor? I'll tell you why I really like Lee Naylor is he just got on with the job at hand, you know, and sometimes he was up against some real tough opposition, but he stuck in, did his job, and he wasn't one for glorifying himself, you know, and all that stuff. You know, I like Lee Naylor. I think he was a hard-working wee grafter, and I still, to this day, still like still like seeing him play. I still watch little videos of him, you know, underrated, definitely underrated. Uh, Henry Larson, obviously, definitely. 
Henry Larson, God, King of Kings. I, I mean, I was at that game when he chipped Kloss. I'll never forget. It's, I will never forget that chip. And, and no one will understand how beautiful it was. You can watch the, you can watch the replays of it, but it is nobody has seen that chip and how he just brushed him aside and just chipped it. Kloss is an outstanding keeper at the time, and he made him look second rate. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say I actually played alongside this boy, and it's Diddy Regat. I, I I just like him. I just like his personality. I thought his skill, his play, the kind of guy he is. He's just an outstanding gentleman, a wonderful guy, an absolute peach of a lad. Great skill. Maybe his final play wasn't as good, but when he was when he was flying down that wing, if he, was, if he knocked a passage for any flew, he flew. It made a lot to do with it afterwards, but and he also had a smile on his face, and that's that's the point of playing for your shot. He always played for the shot, so I definitely put him in there. And I've got to be honest with you, I've got to go back even further, and I've got to say George McCluskey. I think Big George is another one of these underrated superstars that I that gave everything for the shot, and I think got treated pretty poorly by Celtic. But and I've met him; he's an outstanding guy, and he's passion for the club. He still loves the club, absolutely worships it, and some of the goals he scored were outstanding. And there is only other one player you can have to mention, and it has to be Jimmy Johnson. You know, there'll never be another Jinky in the whole world. You know, this this guy. Yeah, from a ball boy right through to playing for the club. You know, he emphasises everything about football in Scotland. He, you know, he is Celtic to the core. He was the greatest ever player. But he's just a joy, just an absolute joy of a guy. You know, a really nice guy. And that was testament to him, you know, and obviously Billy McNeil, you know, our captain, the greatest captain that ever lived, the best captain in the world. You know, the man who lifted the European Cup. You know, there's just, you know... A gentleman who met Evan Paddy and he'd know that. He was just, he was everywhere. He was Mr. Celtic and I, you know, he was never had, he always had time for everyone, just like Barry Old. How do you pick five of these players? Six of them, I can go on all day. There are some of the greatest players. The best player I've ever seen at Celtic Park is Pirlo. I think Pirlo is an outstanding player and just to this day, he's the greatest player I have seen play at Celtic Park against us. Better than Messi. Yeah. Absolutely, Messi. Look, I love Messi. He's a great player. But when you watch an architect at work in the midfield and you see a guy pinging a ball, we Pirlo does it in a way. He yeah. controls the game. You know, he's an architect of football. He's beautiful to watch. You know, yeah. I've seen the dance and all that. Loves the dance. But when you watch a quiet guy like Pirlo just going about his business, you know, not bothering anybody, just going about his business and doing it beautifully. Sorry, I've never, I've never seen a player as wonderful as him. That he's my ultimate player I've seen play at Celtic Park under, under them lights amazing an outstanding player and if you ever get a chance to see him he's just he was just a beautiful all-round player yeah I saw Pilo back in the day as well played in the national game out here Italy versus Australia and I saw him play that and I was like I don't know exactly what you mean he was just like so underrated for the type of player that he was but that was why I just said because everyone if they say who the best player that you've ever seen not in a Celtic shirt they tend to always, I'd say, nine times out of ten in the last Messi or Ronaldo. 50 things, Messi, Ronaldo. That's why I said, because I was just like, hmm, okay, that was a little from left field. I wasn't expecting that one. So, nah, it's good. Outstanding. An architect, like I say, he's an architect of beautiful football. That's how I describe him. Have you got any any two more players you want to add there, Evan? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Come on, who's... who's... Who's your, who's your man the new? Who do you like the new? Who's your favourite now? I think Lee Griffiths because 
he, he's I know he took some time off because he had like mental issues and stuff, but he's came back to it now and he's he, he's getting through, he's getting stuck in. Fair yeah, play to him for doing that, like that's nothing wrong with that at all, so good on him. Yeah, outstanding. I mean it's it's I see I know his mum really well. Gloria's a lovely woman, you know, and and you know, Lee Lee's I, I don't see him as coming back because he never left. You know, to yeah. me he just needs to rediscover himself, you know, and he knows he's got love behind him. He hears it. Even when he's not playing, his name is called out. You know, Shelly fans have embraced him, and he, and he has been naughty over the years. He's made, you know, he's he, he's kind of annoyed the Shelly fans once or twice, but what he gives us in return, you know, he deserves all the love he gets. You know, he's an outstanding player. He never lets us down. You know, when he's had to step, when Dembele was banging him in, and we didn't have Dembele, Lee Griffiths stepped up and banged him in. People forget as well, that Lee Griffiths took us to a title. You know, he led the goal scoring. He did it, even though, you know, he was injured and stuff. He played, and he, without his goals, we wouldn't have won that title with Ronnie Dyla. And people forget that, you know. Yeah. And obviously, Tom Rogic. <laughs> hey, big damn. <laughs> sexiest footballer on the planet. <laughs> the greatest Australian. Honestly, there's no one. I'll tell you now, he's like Peter, he's an architect of beautiful stuff. Because he's, he's just an absolute god, and he knows it. You know, absolute legend is big time. We have the ongoing joke that we all sound like Tam, but God help us, none of us even look even slightly like him. His little finger will probably be more attractive than most of us on this podcast. <laughs> Sexiest so. man at Celtic. <laughs> There's men and women just love him. <laughs> and yeah. it, I mean, it's a passion, though. See, when he scored that, that, that goal to win that treble that first time, that, that, and the way he picked the ball up, we knew it was coming. As soon as he got that ball and he ran towards the Aberdeen defence, you thought... Yes, and the way he grabbed his shot, his passion, you know, and, and you don't get nothing but belters. That's all you get. The man from down under, that's all he does. He scores belters. We look Absolutely, at it and, I love him. Just yeah, we look at it and go, oh yeah, he's um he's copping it at the moment because of the whole what have you done for me lately sort of mindset. But yeah, he's um some of the stuff that he's done, his link up play with um Dembele when he was in was amazing. And then oh, he, links up, he links up well with Eddie. He links up well with Griff. He's just get him in that number ten role. Just a Rolls Royce of a player when he's uh, fit. Does, and, he's... and it's good to see him actually getting ninety minutes into him a fair few times this season. So uh, yeah, big time. Yeah, Neil, Neil knows how to work him. Neil, Neil, Neil knows how to work him and get him to the best out of him. You know, he sits there. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Before this coronavirus, I had no fear going to Ibrox. I, I shouldn't. I actually thought. This is the time. Tom was coming back looking fit. Players, Cham was looking outstanding. We were starting to look like a good squad again, fit and strong. And I didn't have a fear going to Ibrox, and I still think we'd have pumped them. I think we'd have beat them. I really do. I think, I'm not saying it would be an easy game, because Gerard's got them playing good football. Any Celtic fan denies that's talking rubbish. Gerard has lifted them. These lot are playing good football. They've just collapsed after Christmas. But that's down to that's down to that's not down to Gerard. That's down to their own, the players' own inner strength. They can't handle the pressure. They have not given him what he requests, that's their problem. Neil Lennon come back after losing that game at Parkhead and he said, look, whatever he's done with him, he's got the best of him. And it's, that's, it's a winner's mentality that Lennon's installed into his players. This desire to win everything, this desire not to lose, we must not lose, we want to keep winning. And Gerrard's tried to install but his players haven't got that. They let him down. And I actually think if he'd gone to Ibrox before this coronavirus, we'd have beat him. I, I really do. And then we wouldn't be talking about, you know, null and void in leagues and stuff like garbage like that. The facts are the title would have been won there and then, and Ranger would have to accept it. I still think we're way ahead. I don't think we have any problems. I don't see losing five or six games in a row, and I certainly don't see them lot winning. 
and, and that's Neil Lennon. And obviously having Tam back, that would be he just he just gives you a little bit extra lift because at Ibrox he always produces something special at Ibrox. Yeah, look for that game. I caught on one of our previous podcasts. Like I said, we win probably jokingly. I said five one because you know they they had um, the ref was a Rangers fan, so I'm like he'll give him a penalty. So I thought we'd we'd probably get one or two in the first half and then blow them apart in the second half. And to me, as you said, Gerard has got them playing above what they're probably capable of in the yeah. first half of the season. The thing that helped them is they had a lot of home games. And they Absolutely. also and they also had very little injuries. Now yeah. off off the back of the season break, so the winter break, they've come back. They've had injuries. They have played a fair few away games. Their pitch looks like a bit of a goat track. So you put all that yeah, together. You put all that together, and suddenly, and then us getting players back and fit. You've got one. What happened to us in the first half of the season started to happen to them in the second half. And then that shows the difference in the squad depth. So, yeah, I reckon we would have absolutely would have pantsed him pretty good. Yeah, I think we'd like to say, I think the thing that he did, they came back in the winter break and they, apart just injuries, there was just no coherence in the team. There was no leader. Nobody was going to, to, to go, right, let's push on. Whereas Shelley came back a little bit hot, pride probably a little bit hot as well. And Neil Lennon said to him, look, if we want to win this title, this is how we do it. This is how you win the league. Winners win. And, you know, sometimes you have to play poor and win. Rangers are playing poor and losing or dropping points. And, yes, these are, they, all them home games they had have now come back to hold them in the second part of the season because for now you have to play them all away. And they're clearly not up for it. They're not good enough. But what's happened is they've started to look average. Rangers, this second half season, are looking average just like they did a couple of years ago. And there's nothing Gerard can do about that. He hasn't got the funds. If he can't raise them, the players can't raise themselves for the, for the business part of the season then what more can a manager do? He has nothing he can physically do to them. He picks his strongest team, he works with them, he puts them out. If they can't raise themselves to play Hamilton on a Tuesday night or whatever at Ibrox in front of their own fans, you know, what What chance have you got of playing Celtic who are hungry for desire? Not just that, the, the, the hunger that would have been on that pitch, the demand from the Celtic fans, Lennon would not have that, would have nothing less than win this game. We win this game and we win it well. And I'm with you, I think, I think 3-1, it would have been three, maybe four, the Rangers would have gave us a game in the first half. They'd have been really, they'd have come out to get it. The Rangers fans would have pushed them and pushed them. But still, it would have calmed down, settled into the game. Yeah, they'd have got their obligatory penalty. Morellas would have missed it, probably. And they'd have went in from a, a deflection or whatever. But I think still, it would have rolled them over quite easily. And I think they would roll them over at Parkhead as well in the second. They absolutely destroyed them at Parkhead. Yeah, it would have been. A... It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out off the back of this break, though. Like, When's it going to come back? When's it? Or are they going to just call it as as it is on the ladder? Are they going to? What are they going to do? Who knows? We'll leave that in the hands of those people. And as long yeah. as they null and void it, because that's absolute crock of shit, then we'll be fine. That's absolute garbage. We played that over thirty games, you know. And, and there's only, apparently one club in Scotland. I'm not. I'm not sure who that club will be. I've got a rough idea. But one club in Scotland has requested it be null and voided. I wonder who that could be. Uh, you know. But they still want the spending money. They would want to null and void it. And I was having this argument with Rangers fan. I was saying, right, okay, so let's say you're saying null and void it and the prize money should be shared out. So you finish second, you get... So you finish second in the league, you get that money, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So if we finish first, we've won that league, haven't we? No, no, it should be null and void it. But you're saying to me you want the prize money for finishing second. How do you know you're finished second? Because you were so far ahead. But mathematically speaking, you could still have been caught, yeah? So you get the second, you get the second prize. Who gets the first prize? Well, Celtic get it. So you're then admitting that Celtic won that league. 
No, it's like it's like talking to you know you just think you're talking to someone that's pointless having that conversation to explain to them, and they still believe the catches. It was like oh we might have done this, we might have done that, and I say well look at your last four results. Putting Celtic aside, your last four results define your season. So I say so I'm sorry you wouldn't have caught us. You know fine well at the very least Celtic would have got a draw. At the very least Celtic would have got a draw at Ibrox, and that would have ended that. That would have been that discussion closed. Rangers might win their away game, their game in hand. But I don't I don't see that. I don't see a team that's in a position to move forward. I mean, for us, for Celtic fans, it's a killer because we potentially lose out in another treble. Yep. But at the end of the day, I, I would happily miss out on a treble if we had to miss out on something, as long as the league title is confirmed. Yeah. Absolutely. Prioritise league. league's the league is, like, It's going to sound strange, but... I legit didn't, like, we had a great run in Europe this year, and I was happy with what we did, but even if we had gone all the way to Gdansk in the final, in the Europa League, I still wouldn't have cared what that result was, because it was all about getting the nine, because I yeah, want that absolutely. crack at ten next I'm year. Good. I absolutely agree to I, You know, I always say this, Europe, Europe's just a time for us going away and having a bit of fun. You know, and for fans, that's what it is for me. It's just uh, I don't I don't expect to win every game. I don't expect to lose every game. I just want to go there and enjoy myself and enjoy the moment. The bread and butter is I want that league title and I want number ten now. I want us to push forward, get number nine in the bag, and then get for number ten. You know, and then go that's for number thirteen. That's all I have to say. Yep. Then number thirteen because that's going. fifty-five. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I want one thirteen in a row because then we get to fifty-five before that whole continuation lie thing that they're living. So, uh, yeah, let's just go. Yeah, that'll just, that ends up chat, doesn't it? We'll take yeah. 55 before them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you just go, yep, right enough said. <laughs> you go, enough said, just sit down, just go over there, pour yourself a cup of tea, just just go have a think about your your actions, people. Yeah. Put them in their place. <laughs> yeah. All good. So, with the Carlisle Boys CSC, they're on Twitter at Carlisle Boys C1. CS, is it? C, I think it's CSC1. Carlisle Boys CSC1, I think it is. Yeah. And then you've got, is there any other social media, like a Facebook page or a website or anything like that? No, that's that just a, just a Twitter page. Uh, and obviously my own, my own Dennis Devlin, or Devlin Dennis, whoever it is, one Dennis Devlin. Because obviously I, I organise it all. And sometimes I'll use my own account as well as Carlisle Boys. But you would just use a Twitter account because it's excellent. And then obviously it, it connects up with all the other CSEs. We're connected to nearly every CSE locally, nearby us or far away. So we keep in touch with everyone. I don't think we're big enough to have a website. We have thought about it. I know my mate, my pal Jamie said it, you know, but we're just not that big yet. We're not big enough to have a big website and, you know, have big functions yet. Tyneside are great for that. I mean, Tyneside do wonderful work. Some of the work that they do over there is just immense. I love oh, that scene. They're amazing. I had a chat with them a few weeks back before the um, one of the cup games. So I was talking to the guys there and when they were in the pub before, yeah, they're just amazing what they do. And, yeah, they're a good bunch of people yeah, over there. So that's... They raise a lot of money for charity. They do a lot of money, a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, that's a big CSE, and people don't appreciate the work that goes into it. You know, sometimes they're left with tickets, but they've got to try and find a way. People let them down, but they move on with it, they deal with it, and they raise a lot of money, and they've got fantastic support, and their boss is fantastic and all. We meet them usually at Hamilton, you know, and they're a great bunch of lads there, you know, and lassies, you know, and, and yeah, I actually think it's one of the best CSEs going next to probably... 
I have to say the hoops bar and obviously Dicey Wellies because Brian Joyce is absolute mad. <laughs> he's the maddest man I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I love that boy. He's, out, he's outstanding, honestly. Him and, and the lads from the hoops bar, the hoops bar boys, because they've been through so much and they just keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's a, when you go on that bus, it's a, a hoops bar bus or Dicey Wellies. It's anything happens. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, does the uh, Colour Boys CSC, they have any merch like polos, pins, badges, scarves, anything like that that you have got at all? Or? No, we just have the biggest flags ever. We just make sure our flags, what we do is we just make sure our flag is seen before everyone else and we have big flags. Every flag gets bigger and bigger each year. That's our, that's our thing because obviously we're so small from Carlisle. When we go abroad, we want everyone to know and see our flag and it gets seen because it's massive. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like. All right, so that's uh, it's been a good chat, Dennis and Evan. Appreciate yeah. your time with this. Uh, it's great yeah, learning man. about the Carlisle Boys CSC. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch and have a chat Absolutely. again at some later date. Yeah, I hope you can come over sometime. It'd be great to meet up with you and, like I say, give you a, a wee trip up to Parkhead with us, boys. You'd love it. Ah, sounds messy. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>